Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. A little bit of a mix-up today, maybe not necessarily a mix-up, but a change in direction because the Bucks have a Monday night game. Typically, we preview the Bucks' next opponent on Wednesdays, but today we're going to talk about the significance of the Bucks losing right tackle Tristan Wirfs for multiple weeks. And we'll get into the Bucks Saints preview on tomorrow's podcast on Thursday. So a lot of Tristan Wirfs discussion, a lot of talk about uh, hopefully coming back to the lineup, Logan Ryan, and a couple other topics of conversation. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is Scott Reynolds of PeterReport.com, the face that runs the place at that website. And Scott, I don't know how the Bucks are going to contend. One, with an anemic offense that's been the case for the entirety of the season with the exception of the Cowboys game and the home open the season opener on the road yeah. and going international to find some luck yeah. offensively. I don't know how they're going to do it now without Tristan Wirfs, but how are you doing nonetheless? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm wearing my, my Kansas state shirt today because uh, it's, it's a uh, Saturday is going to be a, a big day. Right? Oh yeah. Big 12 championship game, Kansas state versus TCU a team that we actually had a 17 point lead on in, uh, in Texas until both of our starting quarterbacks went out with injuries and our starting running back Deuce Vaughn and our starting middle linebacker went out. Those are four important people. And, uh, and then we lost that lead and TCU is a very good team. They number three or number four in the nation and we're number 10, I believe. So it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. It's gonna be a purple game, purple on purple. Uh, crimes are going to be committed in Arlington uh, at the big 12 championship game. But speaking of, uh, players being out. This is a, a big deal, right? Tristan Wirfs being out just as this team still has a glimmer of hope as, as Tom Brady said, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're still in first place being under 500. But Matt, we've talked about this for several weeks now. We talked about this back when the Bucks were three and five, that this division could come down to one of those teams like Seattle. I want to say in 2010, they were seven and nine and won the NFC West. And I want to say in 2014, the Panthers won uh, the South with a seven, eight, and one record. And of course, that, that gives you an automatic home playoff game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy and, that the and, NFL. And they won that game. They and beat, they won that game. That was the they infamous did. Marshawn Lynch run That's against right. the Saints. So Bucks fans Saints. probably. Yes. Remember it very well. And that's yeah. all you need to do. All you need to do is that's get right. into the dance and then anything yep. can happen. Cause I still think there's that Tom Brady magic of like when you get into the playoffs, I was also talking with uh Peter reports intern, Adam, and we were sly. going through, sly guy, as we yeah. like to say, and we were going through the, like the hypotheticals and uh, obviously they have to win the division. We all know that right now they'd be the four seed and that's not ideal because they'd end up playing the Dallas Cowboys in the first round, a right. rematch of the season opener, but both teams have drastically gone in a different direction since that first game. But what I was saying is that it would really behoove the Bucks if they can, and again, they have to control their own thing with winning the South, but yeah. if they could jump to the third seed, that would change a lot because that would yeah. force either the 49ers or the Seahawks, but presumably probably the 49ers. Yeah. That would put the 49ers to the four seed. That means they're playing the Cowboys and the Bucks are playing either the Seahawks, the Giants, or the Washington Commodores, which is yeah. a much more advantageous matchup. The commodes. Yeah, the commodes. Yeah. And then 
in that case, you Matt, this team just lost to the three and seven Browns. Matt, what are you doing? Matt, come on. (laughs) What are you doing, Matt? I'm trying to be a little positive for what's been a very negative outlook of this team and rightfully so i'm just i don't know trying to bring a little no no i I appreciate that i listen i appreciate that and and this is a wacky year i just think that that whoever wins this and i i think it's going to come down to that january 8th matchup in atlanta either the bucks or the falcons the winner that game is going to win the division and and get that that playoff berth and you know just leave leave it up to the nfl the, the league that can screw up just about anything yeah. And 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 say we're going to reward you for not even mediocrity. We're going to reward you for sucking. When you have a losing record, you're a loser. But you're going to get in the playoffs, and we're going to give you a home playoff game. There, that is just so fundamentally wrong on so many different levels. It just is. So here's the thing. I think the NFL, and again, th- this is a league that is that is just they do some dumb things. It's a dumb league. It really is. You put me and Roger Goodell's uh, job. Uh, I will do it for for one fourth of the salary. That's it, just one fourth. <laughs> that's that's all I need. Is one fourth of his salary. You know what? I'll even do it for a fifth. Give me a fifth of his salary. I'll do a better job. I I would make a rule change. I would get, I would talk to the owners and say, listen, yes, if we're going to have these divisions, they need to mean something. Okay, I I get that. If we're going to have divisions, winning the division has to mean something. Otherwise, what's the point of having the division? But the asterisk needs to be you get to host a home playoff game if you have a winning record. If you don't, then you you do get the mulligan. You do get, you know, the saving graces. You automatically get that berth into the playoffs, even over teams that might have two or three or four more wins than you on the record. But you don't get the home playoff game. You go in as the bottom seed. And I think I think that's a simple, logical fix. And I know, listen, that might like negatively affect the Buccaneers this year because right now, if they were to get in at eight and nine or nine and eight or whatever, they'd be sitting pretty with that home playoff game, right? It's better to play that game at Ray J than in Dallas. So I, I just I think that that it, it, it's a crappy rule. I don't like to see losing uh, right. teams get rewarded. But if if you're going to say winning the division means something, fine. But don't give them the home whoever that is. Don't give them the home playoff game, but that's not the rules right now. The rules are if the Bucs can get in, and I think, again, it's going to come down to that Falcons game on January 8th in Atlanta. The winner of that is probably going to win the division, you know. but don't count out those sneaky Carolina Panthers because, Matt, they're one game out of this thing, right? They're, they're like playing they're, the best football in the division, right? <laughs> they're 4-8, and eight, and they got a 3-1 record in the division. The Bucs are only 2-1 and one in the division, and the Bucs have to play them again. You talk about some must-win games. Folks, this Bucks Saints game is must win. But then every other the Bucks are going to have to run the, the 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 table in the division. They're going to have to to sweep the Saints. They're going to have to sweep the Falcons, and they're going to have to split with the Panthers to get in. Because this this Saints game, if they lose this, Matt, what happens to the to the Buccaneers? The, hypothetically, theoretically, what happens to a five and seven Buccaneer team? that has suffered yet another loss at home. I'm just not trying to be Debbie Downer, but like let's let's look at what's the worst that could happen. What happens if the Saints come in and run this joint like they've run it the last four times? Because they're 4-0 the last four times at Raymond James Stadium, a 38-3 complete ass-whipping on mm-hmm. Sunday night football in 2020, the year the Bucs won the Super Bowl. 
And then last year, a, a bizarre nine nothing bloodshed yeah. uh, body bag game for the Buccaneers. They couldn't score a point. They lost like half of their offense in that game. Right. What happens if the Saints beat the Bucks on Monday Night Football? How does that change the NFC South? A lot of things. One, the Bucks just continue to spiral <laughs> and will go further and further down the division. Um, it would tie things up with Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. It gets the Saints back into the conversation. And then, as you mentioned, the Panthers have the best division record in the NFC South. So it, it would be a huge domino effect that would pretty much keep every single team in the NFC South still in the race. I mean, you mentioned the Panthers, you could say what you want about their offense and they traded away everyone, but you know, that defense is no joke. And the saints, same thing. You could say how much their offense stinks and their quarterback stinks, whether it's Dalton or Jameis, but that defense only allowed 13 points to the high flying San Francisco. I was going to say the Giants, San Francisco 49ers yeah. offense that just traded for Christian McCaffrey, who yeah. obviously is very familiar with the NFC South. So it would take the Bucks out of first place or, you know, they're half game up. So who knows what would happen with the rest of the division. But, um, you know, this should be a walk away type of division this year. And it just hasn't because the Bucks have, I mean, to say they underperformed is, is a, uh, is not even close to what they've right. really been doing. Yeah. Uh, but it keeps everyone in the race in, Quite honestly, the crappiest division in football right now. So <laughs> yeah. um, it would be Matt, terrible on top of that because of the opponents they play after the Saints. I agree. Matt, I like that answer. I'm going to ask you another question. This is not my question. This is a question from Harbender, who is a, a longtime contributor here. Do you think Bowles understands his errors in playing too safe, and now he'll let Brady take over? That's a very good question. And I don't know the answer to that. I don't think you do either, but I want to hear what your best shot is. What do you think? Do you think Todd Bowles after, because listen, we wrote about it, right? We, yeah. we lambasted him on this, this podcast here. We, I wrote a column immediately about it saying, you know, you, you blew the press conference. That was stunningly bad. There has to be, like, whether it's Jason Light, his assistant coaches, Bruce, somebody there at One Buck Place has to say, Todd, listen, you doubled down on this. This was a mistake. Look what Jeff Saturday did with the Colts, that, right? <laughs> that's what I was about to say. At least he was he, like, yeah, he, I he wish came I had out, that timeout back. Exactly. Like, that's the correct answer, right? You got to put, you got to put, you're on the game show, right? You're in front of a national TV audience. They threw the question out there and you got it wrong. Jeff Saturday got it right, but Todd Bowles got it wrong. What do you think? What's the answer to Harpenter's question? Do you think Todd Bowles understands his errors in playing too safe? Uh, and now he'll let Brady take over, or do you think he's just going to keep doubling down on the way he's done things? <laughs> well, to answer that, I, I kind of agree with what Common Sense has to say is that coaches are very stubborn, and you know they want to do it their way. And if it's not their way, then they don't. Yeah. You know, it is kind of becomes a pride thing or yeah, a, an ego type of thing. But Todd Bowles, I wouldn't necessarily say. At least, obviously, he's predicated on defense, but he never really seemed to have an ego in the way that like maybe a Bruce Arians would. Right. I usually rule in favor of usually nine out of 10 times. You should just let Tom Brady do what he wants to do. He's Tom Brady, but he hasn't learned from his mistakes. He was shitty at time management with the jets. That clearly has not changed with the Bucks. Now, is it all of a right. sudden going to change because, <laughs> yeah. uh, because they messed up the week before when yeah. he's not taking any accountability or credibility for, 
just flat yeah. out messing it up and then lying about, oh, we're afraid to, you know, throw the ball. Yeah. I I wish I could say, oh, he's going to learn from his mistakes, but seeing yeah. is believing, and there's a track record now between the all the mistakes that he made in New York, specifically with time management, yeah. and now doing it here. What exactly what exactly is going to change unless Tom Brady kicks the door down into his office right. and says, listen, we're doing it this way. We're going to go more up-tempo. I'm calling the plays. You guys just shut up and watch me, <laughs> and watch me work. I don't yeah. I don't. You know, Matt, I, I think that's a hell of an answer. And, and I'll say this. As much as I love defense and as much as I appreciate really good defensive coaches, and Bulls is a good defensive coach. The, yes. problem is, the problem is not the defense. The problem is his clock management, his game management, and the problem is the offense. Like, it just is. And you now he's part of the problem because he's responsible for everything as the head coach. He also should have fired Byron Leftwich like months ago, like mm-hmm. back after that Carolina loss. When I called for him to be fired, he should have been fired because I could see this coming. It wasn't gonna Matt, we've done we've done podcast after podcast about this. We said back then it's not gonna get any better, right? And it hasn't. It, it got better for what one game? Ooh, they scored twenty one points. Right, <laughs> they scored like what, they three bear, points. They three points over their average. Awesome, <laughs> great. But um, you know, now now you're back to below your average. You're averaging eighteen points per game, which in twenty twenty two is god awful. It ranks twenty seventh in the league. So now you scored seventeen points, and it's not going to get it done. Even Tom Brady said <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to win any games when it's you know, scoring seventeen points per game. But as much as I love defense and defensive coaches. Defensive coaches are the most stubborn. Yeah, they just are. And I saw Tony Dungy, and we're seeing it now with Todd Bowles. We saw the Greg Schiano, who's a defensive-minded coach. I just think they're more stubborn than offensive coaches. And now, nope. having said that, Byron Leftwich is pretty stubborn too for an right. offensive coach. Run the ball on first down. Keep throwing those screens to you know to to the the flats. Uh, to the and wide receivers the that are going to gain one yard and the two most yards. Crucial moments. Maybe if they don't run yeah. a stupid screenplay on that third with 32 seconds to go, oh. even if it's an incomplete pass and that same play happens to Julio, you still have whatever it is 20 seconds, yeah. whatever amount of time. You don't have eight seconds there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, Scott. It is so funny that the game in Germany where they scored 21 points, their offense has been so bad. That the fact that they did the yeah. bare minimum to win a game, and it's like, oh my god, look right. at the improvement of the offense when they did the absolute right. bare minimum. Obviously, this offense yeah. has been below average. Uh, something that's really above average all the time yeah. is Celsius Energy Drinks, the no official presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Unlike the Bucks' offense, Celsius Energy Drinks has a ton of variety particularly with their flavors. you got the Arctic peach and tropical there. You can go uh, sparkling peach mango as well, sparkling wild berry, the cola flavor, the uh, cucumber lime flavor. So a ton of different flavors that you can try out. Seven essential vitamins is the key. This is a healthy energy drink. Gives you that essential energy to accomplish the goals that you suit out for yourself. There's zero sugar. That means there's no crash when you have this energy drink. You don't get the energy, and then later you're dozing off, whatever. That's not the case uh, with the Celsius energy drinks. Go to the Celsius store locator and find out where you can get a drink 
near you, whether it's your local Walmart, Target, Bodega, as I like to say. Uh, they're popping up all over the place, which is uh, really awesome to see. And then once you try it, you realize you like it and you know you want more, you can start getting them in bulk. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, three weeks, whatever you want. I would recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Let's now, get I, I was bit. repping my, my K-State shirt, which, yeah. hold on one second. I, I was going to say, I was repping the K-State shirt, and, and then I, I come across this. This comment here uh, from Frank, um, Rock Chalk Jayhawk Scott. Now, Frank, uh, wrong place. That, that's Frank. not what we say in in Purple uh, Land in Manhappiness, as I would say. We say Ema, every man a Wildcat. Um, we also throw up the WC. There's the W right there, and there's the C for Wildcat. That's kind of like our little thing. Um, I'll say this. It was a great week for Kansas State. I'm just going to spend about 10 seconds on this, then move, moving back to the Buccaneers. But yeah. I got to like, I got to tout when I when I can. KU lost in basketball. K-State won the Caymans uh, tournament. And our basketball team, which plays Butler tonight, is 7-0. and And KU, granted they're in the top 10, I think, still, but they lost. So Kansas State is actually undefeated in basketball. KU actually suffered a loss in basketball this week. Then K-State beat the crap out of KU on Saturday night to get into the Big 12 championship game. And uh, and so we had another win over KU. So that was 14 straight wins over KU. Yeah. So that's what I had to say to Rock Chalk. So, but yeah. Um, e Loser. <laughs> no, no, we, we love we, we love you, yeah, Frank. We, we love you, Frank. Watching, Yeah, nothing yeah. personal. Yeah, nothing Not the personal. personal, just rivalries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Let's stick with, should we stick with uh, another guy that comes from the Midwest in Tristan Wirfs? Or should we talk about a guy that could be coming back to the Bucks defense this week? Um, I'm more interested in talking about uh, the positivity. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel some of your positive vibes, Matt. Let's go with positivity. Let's talk about a guy that, man, you know, the first time going back to training camp that we had a chance to talk, you know, to, to Logan Ryan. Uh, th- this guy just... Rondé Barber, we're not supposed to have favorites in the media, right? I mean, we're supposed to be objective and fair and balanced and shoot it straight right down the middle. And and Rondé Barber is my absolute favorite Buccaneer. I've become friends with Rondé Barber. You know, we we will get together occasionally. His his daughter Justice is actually dating a kid I used to play or I used to coach in Pop Warner, R.J. Garcia, who went to Berkeley Prep in Tampa as a wide receiver. Now he's actually at Kansas State, so I actually see Rondé out in Manhappiness. Yeah. yeah, so it's cool. So I love Rondé. Smart player, one of the best players of all time, fun guy. Just I was here for every minute of Rondé's, you know, 27-year career. It <laughs> just seems like, like he was um, he was playing for 27 years. It was actually 16 years in the NFL. It's just crazy stat. But Logan Ryan is like a carbon copy of, of Rondé Barber. Logan Ryan's idol, his mentor, is Rondé Barber. And he even talks like him. He talks, you know, hey, dude. He's just like kind of a cool cat. Smart guy, cerebral guy, knows how to, how to play football. And you know what, Matt? We got a little taste of, of Logan Ryan, the first In the world, 
just you know massive play there. Had an interception against Aaron Rodgers. Had the the fumble recovery uh, against uh, the the Packers in the end zone. And uh, I th- th- this this guy, if the Bucks would have had him on the field instead of being injured, I think you can add two wins to their their season right now. He's just that important from a communication standpoint. He had three takeaways in the first three games he played. Yeah. In. Right. And and ever since he's been gone, Matt, seriously, since since the Kansas City game, right? They've had one interception, one take well, two takeaways. One in in uh in Germany against Seattle, the forced fumble by Devin White, Devin White the recovery by Winfield. No, by Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson. And then, you know, the end of the half, Hail Mary interception <laughs> by Mike Edwards. That's it. Since the Chiefs game when SMB picked off Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And ironically, that was the last game. The first he played the first series, then he he hurt his foot. That's the last game Logan Ryan's played in. And I just think this guy coming back, it could have a huge impact for this defense from a takeaway standpoint, a communication standpoint, a playmaking standpoint. The sooner the better he can get on the field for this team. Yeah, don't let the Hail Mary interception by of all people, Mike Edwards, of course, makes the interception. Don't let the Hail Mary yeah. interception fool you and think that. This team has turned it around with the turnovers. The play in Germany was nice right. by Devin White. Don't get me wrong. All the credit to him. But yeah. this is still a team that is starving for turnovers, specifically interceptions, <laughs> yeah. which are typically the way more common turnover um, than the fumble. I mean, granted, it was, a, it was a third down play, but Carlton Davis had an opportunity at, interse- yeah. at an interception. He ended up getting hurt on the play, unfortunately. Came back, so uh, he's healthy. But that's the other side of it, is that Yes, it's great to bring Logan Ryan back because he is that spark for the defense that can actually cause and generate turnovers when they really need it right now. Yeah. But given the health status of especially the safety position, but the right. Bucks secondary in general, they this is the most needed time to have Logan Ryan back if he does play this week. It's not guaranteed. He's just designated to come yeah. off of uh, uh, of the injured reserve list. Because Antoine Field Jr. has a high ankle yeah. sprain that's worse than a low ankle sprain. So Todd right. Bowles did not sound very confident that he's going to play on Monday. Granted, he has yeah. an, an extra day of recovery. He said Mike Edwards has a contusion. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting has a contusion. So, you know, we're looking at a situation where you're going to have Antoine Winfield Jr. most likely yeah. not playing and a hobbled Mike Edwards I mean, what are you going to do at safety? Throw in Nolan Turner. You got Keanu Neal, yeah. obviously, but he's always been more of the hammer, you know, make the big hit than right. defend in coverage. And he's been okay. But, I mean, they need yeah. Logan Ryan back right now. He's the they ultimate really do. communicator. That's what Todd Bowles has spoken a lot about, that he he talks a ton. He gets this team going. And I'm sure he was talking a lot at the team defense dinner that uh, Devin White mentioned yeah. that we can talk about in a little bit. But this guy... There's layers to like his importance to this team. What he does yeah, on the field, his veteran right. presence, and the overall communication bringing people together. I think um, his importance of this team cannot be understated. And again, it's a I we've talked about this before. It's a clear runaway as to who was the best free agent signing by the Bucks right. this offseason. Yeah, uh, was, not that it was, it was a Ryan. huge competition, yeah. but yeah, and, it was Matt, Matt, you're, you're right again because if you look in New Orleans. Their offense is very hit and miss, right? Their passing game has been very suspect. You go from Jameis Winston to Andy Dalton. And, you know, Dalton's 
Dalton's been who you expect him to be. 14 touchdowns, seven yeah. interceptions, right? And, you know, uh, not a winning record as a starter, right? And, you know, Jameis is kind of the same thing, which you expect. Four touchdowns, five interceptions, right? That's Jameis's stats for the year. Uh, but you look at what they did on draft day, getting Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, slant boy, you know, he's done for the year. I don't think he's I don't I don't think he was as good as people hyped him up to be. I thought he was right. just a manufactured catch guy. You look he had at his one great season. Yeah, but he's a he's a pedestrian athlete. He's a pedestrian receiver. Can't stay healthy now. Uh and so they went out and they got Chris Olave. This guy's been as good as advertised. 56 catches, 822 yards. The 14.7 yard average is real. He's got three touchdowns. He's got nine big plays in the passing game. He really is the Saints' vertical passing game right now. It's it's him. He's the leading receiver. Then you have Kamara next at 49 with the checkdowns and the screen game. Then you have uh, tight end Juwan Johnson, who I like. is one of the, the best sleeper tight ends in the league. And then you've got Traquan Smith next with 18 catches at wide receiver. So you've got one wide receiver at 56 catches at Chris Olave. Then the next receiver, next wide receiver, is Traquan Smith with 18 catches. I guess Jarvis Landry has 23, but Jarvis Landry doesn't even have 260 yards receiving. Uh, so this you talk about, about needing a safety, you know, that that deep guy that can keep Chris Olave in front of you because this is a guy that has been getting behind defenses and making him pay. And if you don't have a Winfield, if you don't have a healthy Mike Edwards, if you can't put Logan Ryan out there, who are we talking about at safety here? Like Nolan Turner, the Clemson kid, D Delaney. I mean, you know, Keanu Neal is better in the box. He's not going to be keeping up with anybody 20 yards down the field. We saw that right. Uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in, in the, uh, the, the Rams game, right. With, uh, right. With Cooper cup in the slot. So yeah, it, it's, it's a problem right now at the safety position, just because of who they're playing. Chris Olave is as good as advertised. This mm-hmm. kid's going to be special and he's going to be a problem for the Buccaneers for years to come in the NFC South. And let's face it. I don't want to do too much of the preview before the preview show, yeah. but the way that the Bucks offense is playing and the way that the Saints defense can still shut down the Bucs and, again, gave the 49ers some issues last week, the defense, the Bucks defense is going to have to play, I don't want to say a perfect game, but they're going to have to play a great defensive game to keep this close because yeah. I don't foresee the Bucs offense, you know, again, lighting up the score. Let's remember the first time the Bucs beat the Saints, it came off of, all the big turnovers late right. in the game. And Chris Olave, people for you know, people forget, you know, he had that fumble on that play with Carlton Davis covering him, and then Davis ended up recovering it. But if he if he holds on to the ball there, remember he tried to like get he wasn't touched, he landed, and that's why he fumbled the ball. Um, if the Saints are kind of back in that game, if he doesn't fumble it there and the Bucks recovered, they still would wouldn't need to score another time. But you know, this. This has never been a team that the Bucs have played well against in recent years in the Tom Brady era. And I don't necessarily think that's going to change just because Dalton's in at, at quarterback and they're struggling right yeah. now. They always turn it up when they play against the Bucs. And, and you know Why what? Why is that going to change now? Yeah. They finally got a handle on Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill did not really hurt him in week two, right? But this has been a guy as a, as a tight end, as a quarterback. He played quarterback for them when they won nine, nothing at Ray J last year, 
he he gets carries as a running back. Uh, he's got 58 carries for 409 yards. He's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, and he leads the, the the Saints with five touchdowns. And some of those come as a Wildcat quarterback down there by, you know, by by the end zone in the red zone. But Matt uh, Taysom Hill is still a force to be reckoned with on that offense. And with the exception of maybe week two this year, Todd Bowles has had problems stopping him. Yeah, which is which is odd because I don't know at this point with the like you know you want to call it wildcat or whatever whatever you want to call it like obviously a sensation years ago now teams will bring it in now and then but with Taysom Hill he he is that like wildcat quarterback but you know okay like this is how we got a game plan for it and it's just I give him credit because like his the way he's been able to sustain himself in this league um it's not easy to do you know like Taysom Hill should have been the next Tim Tebow essentially he's yeah. doing what t- everyone wanted Tim Tebow to do uh but yeah credit to him he's he's killed the Bucs in, in in various ways he's moved the ball down the field in various ways so it's definitely someone that the Bucs absolutely have to game plan for and Devin White actually spoke a little bit about um you know going up against Taysom Hill this week uh, I want to get back to uh, Mark's comment real quick. Uh, we don't have to put it up. Appreciate Mark for the comment. He was asking you, Scott, uh, how your trip was to the Pirate Cove where you had some Pirate Republic beer. I want to hear your story about that. But first, let's talk a little bit about Pirate Republic, which you are holding up right there. They, of course, are the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast and based out of Nassau, Bahamas. They are making their way to Florida just in time for the middle, beginning, and end of a football season. We still got a, two months of football, so fear not, football fans. Uh, beer brings people together to celebrate life. I mean, celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, and that's a sense of belonging. Pirate Public is a community of people living life on their terms. Long John Pilsner is perfect <clears throat> for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. That's the red can. And then you have the Take No Quarter IPA. That's the best IPA that you can possibly drink. Even if you're not like a huge IPA fan, you'll enjoy this one. That is the green can. You can also drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze Piracy Belgian with beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Republic, that's the gold can. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more. Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, where I go to get my Pirate Republic beer, ABC Liquor Stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they are expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. Definitely some good stuff. Um, I'm having a little bit of audio and video issues here. We haven't, we're having some inclement weather up here in Wesley Chapel today. Very windy, almost looks like a thunderstorm coming, so bear with me on this. But uh, uh, Speaking of stormy... <laughs> Forecast for Monday night. I'm not sure what the what the forecast. Let's go, let's check the forecast for Monday night. Yeah, shall why we? not? Let's go ahead and pull it up real quick. But for for this fellow right here, uh, where is he? There he is. That guy, Josh Wells. Forecast rough, <laughs> stormy Monday night for uh for Josh Wells going up against Cam Jordan. Uh, he's got to be licking his lips. 
and licking his chops. Uh, okay, Monday, 80 degrees and sunny. So uh, it's going to be nice weather for anyone attending the game, except for Josh Wells, who will have a dark cloud over him. And that that uh, black and, and uh, gold cloud will be named Cam Jordan. And I'm predicting a very big game from Cam Jordan. This is, uh, you know, Jordan's in the twilight of his career. So is Tom Brady. The Saints know that if they get this game, they it's a double whammy. They knock the Bucks down a peg, and they get vaulted up, and they're still in this race. And right now, the Saints have the fewest number of wins in the division. This is a must-win game for New Orleans because their path is the same path it is for the Panthers and the Falcons and the Buccaneers to the playoffs. Have to win the division. If you don't win the division, you don't have a chance this year. Even though the power... And, and the NFL might be in the AFC this year, Matt. Mm-hmm. There's still enough teams in the NFC that are going to be claiming those wild card spots that are going to have better records than any team in the NFC South that finishes second in the division. So the Saints know this is a big game. Cam Jordan's a player that steps up in big games. He usually he does. does. He usually comes through. He loves hunting. Uh, Tom Brady, he hates the Buccaneers with a passion. Remember when they – when they re-signed Donovan, Donovan Smith. Smith, yeah, he was uh, he was hooting, hollering, and celebrating on on Twitter for yeah. for the fact that he got to go up against Donovan Smith more and more. And to your point about the Saints catapulting themselves with the win over the Bucks, Saints are four and eight right now. Bucks are five and six, so yeah. they beat the Bucks. They both have five wins. The Falcons have uh, five wins as well. They're five and seven. The Panthers have four wins. I'm not sure who the Falcons and Panthers play this week, but. You know, everyone in the NFC South can end up having five wins when it's all said and done after week 13. And, you know, Tristan Wirfs, I don't think we could fully comprehend, like, how big of a loss this is for the Bucs. Yeah. He's not just their best, like, offensive lineman. He's arguably their best player on the whole he team. Is. Yeah, he's, like he's, the, he's the best, most talented player. He's exactly right, man. Right, and so losing him, and this is no disrespect to Josh Wells, but like clearly it's a downgrade when you go from an all-pro offensive tackle that one day will have his name in the Bucks ring of honor, the way that his career has been going. I know it's very early. He's only in his third season, but we're talking about just a set-it-and-forget-it, reliable offensive lineman. You don't even need to think twice about or worry about, oh, like he's going to go up against this this edge rusher or whoever it is now to have Josh Wells in there and Wells, you know, he was injured earlier in the year, came in for the saints game, got hurt. And then it was Brandon Walton while uh, Donovan Smith was still out. But Wells obviously replaced Trista Wirfs last season, also with an ankle injury when he got hurt in the playoff game against the Eagles. But really it was the Rams game where, you know, he played the whole time and yeah, he struggled to a degree granted the Rams pass rush then, was a lot tougher. You had Von Miller to deal with, Aaron Donald. They obviously line him up um, in several different places. But I think the the cherry on top on just the the bad taste in everyone's mouth is the fact that, one, you're losing your best offensive tackle. But, two, because Donovan Smith has struggled and, you know, he had a penalty late in the game that may have cost the Bucks the game when Tom Brady essentially – backhanded the ball to Rashad White that got them a first down, but then it was called the legal use of hands to the face by Donovan Smith. Yeah. You know, that penalty really, really hurt the Bucks. there. They obviously had to give the ball back. With the struggles that Donovan Smith has had in recent games, in recent weeks, 
you add on top that Tristan Wirfs isn't available and the the yeah. left guard position is a week to week basis. Um, it's just a recipe for disaster against the Saints team that obviously is very hungry to play the Bucs. And San Francisco after that, when you have Nick Bosa lining up against Josh Wells. And it's no disrespect to Josh Wells, but I mean, well, teams it, are going to be lining yeah, up it, and pinning it, it, their t- ears typically, back against the Bucs. Yeah, I, typically Nick Bosa plays the right defensive end spot, right? And he'll go up against Donovan Smith, which, again, that's still a mismatch for the Buccaneers. Uh, and, and you've got Samson, uh, Yubukum, and and Drake Jackson, the rookie. Uh, Yubukum has three and a half sacks. Jackson has three. So whether it's Nick Bosa with his 11 and a half sacks or that combination of Yubukum and and Jackson playing that that other defensive end spot going up against Josh Wells uh, is not good. And so that's why we said Wirfs is this is a big loss because even if you get by the Saints, there's still danger ahead. Right. You're playing some pretty good defenses, teams that can get after the quarterback in the 49ers next on the road. And then you've got Cincinnati coming in into town after that. And it just you're gonna have this domino effect. With Worf's not just missing this game, but but uh, you know more than likely that 49ers game. And does he come back against the Bengals? Is, is that is that the game he makes the return for? And, and if he does, is this going to be a recurring injury? Right. I mean, the, the worst kind of injuries to to kind of uh, uh, to reoccur are high ankle sprains and hamstrings. Those yeah. two injuries more so than any other injury, you think it's healed, and all of a sudden, bam. I mean, if you don't believe me, ask Russell Gage. He's mm-hmm. thought that hamstring has been healed a couple times, and it, it just didn't get healed. That's why he's he's out of action right now. But when you look at at the, the Bengals you know, coming up, you've got Trey Hendrickson with six sacks. He can still get after the quarterback. Sam Hubbard uh, is, is the, the guy that really is the left end going up against right tackles, four and a half sacks in the forced fumble. It's not going to be an easy road for the Buccaneers and for Josh Wells until Tristan Wirfs gets back. And you, you have to wonder, if they can't beat the Browns with Tristan Wirfs, if they can't beat the Steelers and the Panthers right. with Tristan Wirfs, right, uh, can can they beat these better teams? I'm not saying the Saints are better, but they, they might be on, on Monday night. But the 49ers uh, right now, I think, are a better team than the Buccaneers. Yeah, it maybe with the exception of the quarterback position, right? I'm going to give Brady his due and yeah, and crap Especially on Jimmy against G. his arch nemesis, Jimmy G. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, the Bengals they're they're a team that nobody wants to play right now, and so again, it's like y- you have to get to eight wins. You're sitting at five. Where on this schedule are the other three? Which games right. are the other three? And that's that's to get to eight and nine. And then that means that that of those three wins, they're going to have to really be against the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Yeah, it's not until the new calendar year where the Bucks really have like a a fighting chance where they would probably be the favorite in a game. Right. Uh, it's definitely tough sledding for the Bucks down the stretch. They, without question, are not going to hit their uh, total their team total in wins that yeah. would be a prop bet at the beginning of the year you could have made that bet or if you want to bet on the box for this game for their next game against the Niners and down further on the schedule you can make those bets over at mybookie.ag sports betting is intense enough you shouldn't need to sweat out these payouts that you're getting 
Uh, MyBookie has a no-strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quickly. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus on MyBookie so you can focus on what's important, uh, family, food, and securing that money bag during the holiday season. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. And somehow, some way, Scott, the uh, the Bucks are a favorite against the Saints, which is very Crazy. surprising. Uh, I guess because they're the home team, the Saints have looked bad, but the Bucks have not yeah. covered against the spread very well uh, at all this season, but I'm very much looking forward yeah. to betting on the game and uh, betting on some college football this week, maybe the World Cup yep. a little bit too. Um, you don't just bet on football. Obviously, football, there's a lot of gambling that goes on, right. uh, but you could bet on hockey at my bookie, uh, UFC fights when they go on, um, You know, the NBA as well, and all various sports, golf, right. if you're into that. Um, check it out, mybookie.ag. Yep. So the Panthers have a bye week this week. They're they're off their four and eight right now. The Falcons will be hosting the Steelers, and then of course the the Buccaneers will be hosting the Saints. And so, so that's that, that's how the NFC South uh, is going to be looking this weekend with the Panthers. What? Well, we know what they have to do, but they'll have a better understanding of of what a victory means and what a loss means depending on that Falcons-Steelers game on Sunday at 1 o'clock in Atlanta. Uh, you know, the, the last uh, thing I'll, I'll say about the whole Tristan Wirfs thing is, is you know, the, the, the Buccaneers have not been a really good running team this year, but Wirfs has been one of the better run blockers. And so now with, with Tampa Bay trying to get a little bit more balanced this year and run the ball – I just don't see how they're going to do that with Josh Wells, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I, I don't think they can run the ball at all now, and 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 then then you're going to have Josh Wells, who's not that great in pass protection, blocking for Tom Brady. And and we had another comment I can't find it now, but somebody had said this is going to force Brady to throw the ball even sooner because there's no one along that offensive line that he trusts. And there's only one guy left from the from the not even the Super Bowl year, from last year's offensive line. Yeah. That's Donovan Smith, who's not playing good this year, right? And not 100%. So, not 100%. So you're going to have Tom Brady uh, pressured, getting rid of the ball quickly. And what that's going to do, the domino effect there is, you're not going to have Brady allowing some, for some of these deeper routes to develop, right? If he's getting pressured, if he's getting hit, if he's getting sacked, he's going to be looking to check the ball down, get rid of it quickly. And I just don't know along that offensive line, even though Shaq Mason is is a very good offensive lineman, his forte is, is more so as a run blocker than a pass protector. So to me, I don't know where you look at, uh, at that offensive line now without Wirfs and, and how Brady's going to have any confidence to – step into throws, let plays develop downfield. I I don't know. It's it's a huge loss for this team. Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. I think maybe one way to combat that is uh you know, Donovan Smith for his struggles, he is pretty good. I like when he gets out in space. So maybe they run some, you know, pitches to the outside with Rashad White, let Donovan Smith get out there, or maybe they just ride the coattails of 
of Shaq Mason, or if they really trust, you know, Luke Gedeke, make it a little more interior than, uh, I mean, they do run it up the middle a ton and we've been calling for them to go to the outside, but you know, might have to get a little more trickery involved, whether it's a a pitch to Julio Jones, like they did, or a couple of different sweeps and misdirections. I know that's not the MO of, of Byron Leftwich, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And you have to one way or another, try to fool this saints defense that, does not get distracted much by the Bucks' offense in, yeah. again, the Tom Brady era. So it is very much an uphill battle. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when, when you when you look at, at the, the current economic uh, climate around not just the country, but also around the world, you know, th- that can be just as scary as the Bucks' pass protection right now. Uh, and you're going to want some experience on your side. And, Folks, if you're not getting a muni financial and your experience on your side, then you're putting yourself in a position where you could be sacked. And nobody wants to be sacked. So I recommend going to a muni financial. That's where I've got most of my personal uh, investments and letting the experts guide you through these these, uh, economic storms we're in. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services, retirement accounts. If you're like me, getting those college savings accounts set up for your kids so you can afford to send them to school, as well as insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Muni Financial, just like I did. Tell them Scott Reynolds from Peter Report sent you. And, uh, and have them do a free... Uh, no obligation checkup on your retirement, check up on your finances to see if they can help you. Even if you have someone who's helping you, a financial advisor, a, a broker uh, you're working with, someone to handle your retirement, it's always great to get a second opinion, not just medically, but also financially. So do what I did. Call Immunity Financial, 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web at immunity.com. Uh, let's get into some stuff that went on today at the uh, Buccaneers facility. We'll end it, try to end it on a positive note uh, a little bit. So let's today was a, a, a walkthrough for the Bucs, again, because they play on Monday night. Everything kind of gets shifted back uh, a day. So there wasn't any practice that was open to the media, but we did right. get to speak to Larry Foote, and we had open locker room right. after. Yeah, and, 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 and that's a, that's important to note because Wednesday, this is kind of a, this is typically a day where we get Todd Bowles, right? And then yeah. Thursday, we get Tom Brady, we get Byron Leftwich, but that's all been shifted. So tomorrow's going to be Todd Bowles. Friday will be Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich because we had Larry Foote today. Yeah. So we, ha- we had Coach Foote. Um, he talked a lot about just the guys keeping a positive attitude and staying aggressive, but not being over aggressive. Obviously, they, ra- they allowed that touchdown on the uh, the end around uh, to the Browns earlier in the game and, yeah. um, you know, still keeping their head up with the vision uh, on the line. But the big news really came in the locker room, which, again, because it was a walkthrough, it, um, there wasn't too many guys in there, but we did get to speak to Devin White, and it, he 
gave us uh, some good information about on Monday night, himself and Levante David, they held a, uh, a defensive dinner. It was defensive players only. I guess they were having an early rendition of Festivus where they kind of had an airing of grievances, I guess, if you want to say. Right. They went over to Eddie V's in Tampa. Uh, Devin White and Levante David both uh, split the bill. Very kind of them. But it was just an opportunity for everyone on defense to get together. Um, they said there was a lot of bonding, um, talking about building trust with one another. And, you know, let's be honest. The struggles of the Bucks are way more on the offense and the defense. Yeah. So if the defense is going to have a dinner – is the offense yeah. going to have like a seance or something <laughs> like that? You know, something to change things. But right. with that said, the defense is not without any faults. You know, they allowed that sure. touchdown late in the game. They allowed the touchdown in, in overtime. So, yep. you know, this defense hasn't been perfect, but I thought it was good leadership by Devin and yeah. Levante. But, you know, Devin, obviously doubt. there's been the ups and downs. So um, here's Devin White talking about how that meeting went. Um, you know, I was explaining it, but why not just hear from Devin? He can tell it a lot better than I can. So um, two two sep two videos, but talking about the same topic. And uh, here's what Devin had to say about it. I mean, just the goals that we have for ourselves on defense, it, it entitles this type of stuff. Whether they can score or they can't score, we still want to be who we are. But right. like you said, you know, they scored 10 points on us first quarter and we held them out to the like the last drive but we have to be better we got to put ourselves in better position we got to be real smarter at the end when it's crunch time and we just got to keep doing that you know we had a um defensive dinner uh tuesday night me and levante organized that just to bring the guys closer and just kind of you know be able to lean on one another and trust one another and just talk about the tenacity we got to play with the you know everything that we got to do to help this team win because at the end of the day you know we got a great defense and we want to show it for fourth quarter 60 minutes and Man, if we do that, we can get the job done. Just how we did in Dallas in the first game. Get them guys three, they give us 20, 18, 16, we win the game. Okay. So we more so put it on us and try to keep people out of our uh, end zone. Was this Levante's idea or yours? Or oh, it was my years? idea, but I mean, yeah. man, it was just, I just feel like we needed it. Like, man, we used to be just so much closer when it was the COVID year because obviously we couldn't go nowhere. We had to sit in the building. We had to eat here. Like everything we did was together. And I think once, you know, kind of COVID played out, we kind of got away from that. So it was me and Levante just to kind of try to bring the guys back in together. And just let's gel a little more. Let's, let's, so we'll play hard, even harder for each other. How much was football actually discussed? Here's part two. Everybody uh, went around the room. We said we had to say about football. I mean, the main thing was about football because at the end of the day, that's our job. This is what we want to do. Uh, this is what we lay our bodies on the line for. So, I mean, we just want to just have that come together moment. And we discussed it, and then we was able to just enjoy each other's company right after we finished talking about football and just eat. And we're thinking, oh, it was Monday night. We were watching Monday night football. So, and just watch Monday night football have a great dinner so i think that was uh well needed i think it brought us together you know people know that everybody's gonna be held accountable and they's gonna get said something to if something happened and just take it as constructive criticism and don't fight back because if i say something to somebody and i mess up they get to say something back to me not it don't matter who you are and we kind of want the brain that like to broad daylight because you don't want nobody arguing on the field when somebody just holding somebody accountable so I mean, we we trying to up it even more, do whatever we can so we can help this team win. Is it the whole defense or how many? Yeah, guys whole defense, there? whole defense. Where's you go? Whole defense. Where'd you have? Went to Eddie B's. Did you, did you pick up the tab? Uh, yeah, me and Levante. <laughs> <laughs> this week's awesome. <laughs> I fucked it. Dude. Levante makes three times, four times what yeah. I make. So, <laughs> like, I'm gonna call the dinner. We we had, we saw some of these comments here. I'm not 
this is not my line. I'm taking somebody's uh, comments here. You know, I called the team meeting. Levante and I split the tab. That was funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Matt, they've had they've had player only meetings now. Player only dinners. Uh, you know, after what happens if they lose on Monday? They're gonna have a players only breakfast on Tuesday. To right, break yeah. the ship. I don't know. Have a brunch. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like uh, it, the defense is not perfect. You're right, Matt. You're exactly right, but. Man, the problems are on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, you know what? Uh, Josh Capo from Pewter Report had a, a good story up today that it, it bears watching. I say watching and reading because there's some video clips in there about the poor connection between Mike Evans and Tom Brady this year. It's just been baffling. I know I used that word when I asked Todd Bowles about it Yeah. in the press conference on Monday. Todd didn't think it was baffling. I thought it was baffling. I don't understand how Mike Evans – and Tom Brady can play together. This is year three, Matthew three, yeah. and 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 now they're having these misfires. Like that was supposed to happen in 2020, not 2022. How many how many games have they played together? How many passes has Brady thrown to Evans? How many catches has, has Evans made from Brady? And 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 for them to not be in sync right now, it's just crazy. But it but it's it's negatively affecting the offense, and it's you know you look at Mike Evans. I love the guy. He's one of my absolute favorite guys I, I've covered. I respect the hell out of him. He's going to have a thousand yards again if he stays healthy. But three touchdowns, Matt, this is a guy that you look at, at the offensive woes and why they're averaging 18 points per game and not even anywhere close to 30. Well, this guy is part of it. Three touchdowns. His last touchdown was what, week two against the Saints? Am I right? I thought he scored against the Ravens on Thursday. On Thursday night. Football. Okay. All right. It's it's but been still, a minute, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, been, a it's been a minute. And he only has three of them. He had 14 touchdowns last year, broke his franchise record, which was 13 the year before. And of course, he set the franchise record at 12 his first year uh, in, in Tampa Bay. I want to say it was 20, 2014 or 2015. He came out of like gangbusters and, and had started his thousand yards as a rookie. But, uh, he's he's way off his pace for touchdowns this year and and that's what's frustrating it's really frustrating for the fact that it feels like when they get into the red zone they're not even looking at mike where last year they were designed fade routes to mike that's right i mean in in an odd odd way i almost missed the games where mike evans would have two receptions for two yards but he would have two touchdowns with it right you know because the bucks were at least they usually came against the saints matt so maybe maybe he'll have one of those games on monday because those usually happen against the saints he had one against the broncos too the infamous pat o'connor front of the program punt block right uh play where uh yeah but i think mike had a similar game to that but like they're not even really looking at him in the end zone when they get into the red zone now they had the one screen pass to him yeah which just blew my mind. And again, no disrespect to Mike. He's the greatest offensive player in team right. history. But the one small knock on Mike Evans has been he doesn't, he's not a yards after the catch guy, really. He doesn't make yeah. guys miss. He doesn't break. Right. He runs through guys. He had that infamous yeah. touchdown against the Rams on it was either Sunday night football or Monday yeah. night football where he barreled over two guys. But a screenplay, right. when you have to make guys miss, that's not Mike's MO. Where's the fades to Mike? Uh, yeah. You know, in the yeah. end zone. And I hate the fade, but I love the Tom Brady to Mike Evans fade. Their chemistry just isn't yeah. there. There's been theories that maybe Mike is hurt. And I could definitely I could definitely see that side of it if Mike's not 100% and it's 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 hurt with the chemistry. Yeah. Some of this is on Tom, no doubt. But, um, yeah, it's really frustrating when 
Right. Your quarterback wide receiver one combination is just is not on the same page. It's that's a recipe to uh, significantly dip your points per game from the season before to this year. Yeah. And here's the thing. If if the Bucks offense right now, which ranks 27th in the league, averaging 18.2 yards, or this is an offense that averaged 30 points per game the last couple of seasons, it's dropped 12 points. It's almost two touchdowns less than their average the last couple of years. If they were just middle of the road, right? Let's let's just look yeah. at the stats here. Okay, uh, Jacksonville, 16, right in the middle of the road. Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, averaging 22.2 points per game. So that's four points more. What, what does 22 points get this Buccaneer team, Matt? Let's take a look. Uh, looking at the schedule. So 22 points beats the Packers. 22 to 14 would be the score. So that's instead of a loss, that's a win. Yep. Uh, they scored 31 against Kansas City, so that's off the table. 22 points beats the Steelers, 22 to 20. They lost 20 to 18. So now there's two more wins, right? Uh, 22 points beats the Carolina Panthers because you lost 21 to three. There's three more wins, right? We're talking four points difference now. We're talking instead of a, a field goal, we're, we're making that a touchdown. That's the difference. That's that's how even though this offense is really really bad this year, that's still how close they are. And we're talking about. Mike Evans and Tom Brady not connecting and not clicking. And that's that, you know, those touchdowns, they're missing those 12, 13, 14 touchdowns from Mike Evans. I know there's still time left in the season, but man, we have not seen anything. I mean, certainly this was one of Mike Evans, probably his worst game of the year against the Browns. But now you're looking at uh, in, in, in Cleveland, again, if you, Put 22 points on the board in regulation. It doesn't go to overtime. So now, now you're talking about four more wins mm-hmm. than than you have otherwise. Now, now you know that's nine wins. Okay, fine. Dial it back down eight. You're you're still at eight wins right now. You're you're way ahead of the division. Yeah. You're smooth sailing into the playoffs. You are talking about maybe that third seed rather than the fourth seed. That's what the difference is right now. It's 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 one play. It's instead of getting into to the red zone and have to settle for a field goal because you can't convert a third down, right? It's getting a touchdown instead and then getting those extra points. And then if you have those eight wins, then Gronk comes out of retirement and the Bucks are in the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> a, lot That's of, right. a lot of things change, uh, change with that for sure. Hey, before we get out of here, let's hear a message from our friends at Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Folks, you've been hearing me tell you about if you want to feel better, go to Age Rejuvenation, lose weight, feel great, all that stuff. That's true. But I just had my labs done again for the second time, and my testosterone levels are triple what they were. I'm thrilled about that uh, because I've been doing the testosterone therapy. But more important, when you go to Age Rejuvenation, the amount of labs that they do, the blood work that they do. I just had the consultation. I was on the phone with the doctor for 30 minutes going through every single number. It's the most comprehensive uh, evaluation 
looking everything from my white blood cell count, my red blood cell count. I've got a thyroid condition that's trending in, in a more favorable way. They, they switched my thyroid medication. I am thrilled with the care I've received at age rejuvenation. And they, they go way above and beyond any of my general practitioners that I've had before. It's not just a place to go for weight loss or for, you know, testosterone or, you know, uh, ED treatments or whatever. This is a place where they look at you as a whole person and they do everything from treating my, my thyroid condition to weight loss to my testosterone. It's, it's fantastic. Folks, go to agerejuvenation.com. Sign up for a free consultation. You're not going to be disappointed. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Age Rejuvenation, they've got some fantastic holiday specials going on right now. But the best thing you can do is give them a call and sign up for that free consultation. Get the blood work done. Your insurance will take care of it and uh, and, and take off from there. It's, it's fantastic. I do feel like I'm 40 rather than 50, and that's the best part. Make sure you check it out, agerejuvenation.com. Uh, that's about going to do it for us today. Uh, remember, tomorrow, same time, same place, 4 o'clock, we will do our full breakdown and preview of Bucks versus Saints, a Monday night matchup. Will the Bucks sweep the Saints for yeah. the first time in a long time? Will they stay atop the NFC South division? We will get into all of that tomorrow. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching and listening, and we will see you tomorrow afternoon for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Thank you, Pewter people. Thanks.